You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. Coom Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global. All right, mate? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Well, well, well. Yes. Go on. Sorry, mate. Uh, Who are you texting? Kick Galahad for a second. First of all, William, talk to me. Are you William? You are. Only if I get pulled over by the police and I'm hiding saying I'm William. Which you don't do anymore, obviously, you don't get pulled over oh, anymore. I get pulled over, you know, no insurance, no tax, no MOT, stuff like that, just to overload it with scrap, stuff like that, you know. You still do scrap? Yeah. Yeah. Bill, talk to me about your decision to part ways with Frank Warren, who obviously you turned over with after the Beijing Olympics. It must have been must have been a difficult decision, that, to, to leave Frank. Yeah, I mean, um, me, me and... Um, me and Frank is. Um, I like how you getting told what to do. Eh? No, no. It's not normally happening on other. I've never seen no one tell you what to do before. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. and wait. Go on, Karen. Yeah, I mean, look, me and Frank's worked together for ten years. Um, me and Frank built a very, very good bond. Great working relationship, inside and outside the ring. Um, got a lot of respect for him. Done fantastic for my career. Two weight world champions. Won it. Won every title on the way. And um, it's just come to a stage where it's not his fault or my fault because he's tried to make the big fights, but they wasn't on his platform. And it, you know, I just needed to make these big fights myself. I need to get. You know, I'm getting 29 now. I need to get these big fights made and to see how good I am while I'm in my prime. And um, it was our decision, but. Uh, thanks to um, Frank Ron, my management, MTK Global, all got together and knuckled down, and you know we all split on uh, on good terms. I was going to ask you how kind of influential I'm assuming MTK were in kind of making this deal happen with with <coughs> and Hearn. I think that 
you know, if it wasn't for MTK, that you know, first of all, you got I've got to thank him really for sticking by me for for, um, for my past because let's face it, it's not it's not been the best. Probably any other management team would have probably just cut ties and went see you later, mate. You know, we can't do anything. But you know, thankfully that I'm lucky enough to have them. They stuck by me through thick and thin, put me in the best position they possibly can. Look, it went from being 12 months. There's not been, it's not been 13, 14 months I was lost my title, you know, fined. Um, we all know what happened in Boston when I couldn't fight. Within 13 months, I'm back world champion and getting ready now to be set to be um, fighting in America against the biggest names in the world. Not a bad management company to be with, is it? So uh, I've got to thank, thank them a lot because if it wasn't for them, it wouldn't happen. Um, also, I've got to thank, obviously, Matchroom and Sky for... Uh, you know, welcome me and, and putting such putting a good deal together for me, and also Frank Ron and the team because um, you know other promoters might have probably said, look, we're gonna be a bit be a bit tight against this, but he said, look, you know, he wanted the best for me, and and we split on good terms. So this is your new promoter here now. This is him. This is the man. Yeah, we could be up for that. Who would have thought it, eh? I was just just got away from his old man. I thought he was going to lynch me. I don't know, you know, he can't. He was up. He was upset yeah, with him. Watch him behind. Watch him behind the mix. I'll tell you this: he yeah. pretends to be your mate, yeah, and he just come for the side on the chin. <laughs> lovely. Do you know what I mean? Lovely, <laughs> lovely. Uh, it's fair to say that you two have flirted in the past. Been flirting yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. flirting. Yeah. I find him quite sexy. We flirt. Me and Eddie's been flirting for a while. We now. flirted on the plane when he stuck something <laughs> on my head. I mean, he actually. Do you know what? Like. <laughs> No, I'll tell you what happened, I'll tell you what I did, I didn't know what I did first. We was on the plane, so what I did, I gave him, I said, do you want some sleeping tablets? And he went, no, 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 no. Then he sat there and we got them sleeping tablets, and I gave him four strong. You're only supposed to take one. Knocked him out. And I was we planning to, about this. I was planning to write on his head or do something, but the picture. You actually told bit, me you were going to do something. Yeah, else. and I was going to put my balls in his face or do something, take a picture, yeah? But what I did do, I just wrote cunt or something and then put it on the undercut. I didn't even spell it right. No, that's just, you know? yeah, we've got to work on your spelling, that's for sure. But yeah, but I knew it was one of those moments, you know, when you go to sleep and I just knew. Don't go, you know what's going to happen. And when I woke up... I knew it was going to go But you didn't tell me. Yeah, I, know I thought, But when I woke up, you didn't tell me. So I thought, oh, do you know what? He ain't done anything. And then when we got off the plane, you went, all right, mate, see you later. And I got in the car, all of a sudden, bang, on Instagram. So, yeah, but, a lot, lot more of those to come, no doubt. To, to, go on. I date-raped him. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Billy this Joe. This is a sign of yeah. Billy Joe, things to come. Um, to be fair, in all your interviews you've done in the past, you've always rated Billy Joe great as a fighter. Yeah, great fight. I just don't think he's had the momentum. I know, I know fighters that sometimes need motivation to get in a gym, to succeed. Fighters need a plan. Fighters need dates. No matter how good they are, no matter who they think they can be, if you become disillusioned with your career and demotivated with your career, it's the worst thing that can happen to a fighter. A, a, a motivated Billy Joe, a fresh Billy Joe, a fit Billy Joe, is a dangerous, dangerous fighter for both divisions. And now that we've got him, we want to make him all of those things. Because if he is, maybe he's unbeatable. You know? And he feels he's unbeatable, but he'll only be unbeatable. The one thing, despite how mad he is, and now sometimes does things that he shouldn't do. The one thing he has got is he's very, very intellectual when it comes to boxing. So he's not a bluff merchant. You know, he's not deluded. He actually maps out these fights. He knows who he can fight. He knows who he believes he can beat. And there's a strategy behind that in his mind. 
So he's not just a guy, yeah, I'll fight him, I'll beat him. He's like, no, no, actually, this is a fight for me. Oh, I know I can beat him. I can do that. So that's what motivates me as well, because he's a very, very smart boxing brain. Very smart boxing brain. And like having that, in, that conversation with him up there, I enjoyed that conversation, because you get to talk boxing with someone that knows boxing inside out. But now we've got... Him. We've got, yeah, and he's teaching teach me about me boxing. Is this part of the reason why you didn't make that counter offer for the Callum Smith fight because you knew this was from the cards? No, I, I truly believed that, you know, there was talk of this, this deal happening, I don't know, six months ago, and I truly believed that Billy knew and MTK knew that really had to be with us to land these big fights. And that's nothing to do with the fact that I'm the best promoter in the world. That's to do with the fact that I can deliver all these great fights for him. So even if I was useless, he might still sign with me because they're the fights that he wants. Luckily for him, he's had it off because now he's in the big league and he's going to enjoy it. Good. You know? But, you know, on a serious note, I've still got to deliver those fights. But when you've got a guy that will fight anyone, it's very easy to do. The problem in the past is people looked at Billy Joe and thought, he's not really a big name. He's not really got major profiles. Not really, well, why would I fight Billy Joe? He's really good. Now, Golden Boy would have seen him fight Lemieux that night. I woke up that night in the middle of the night. I was thinking, do you know what? I fancy Billy Joe get ironed out to them, yeah? He's a big puncher. I don't think he's really motivated. He told me that, anyway, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. I, I've turned it on. I have to say, it was unbelievable to watch. He One of the best performances. He was masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> watching it. <laughs> it was like watching a bit of porn. Boxing porn. But it was watching a performance that I was thinking, uh, every round that went on, I thought, he's going to catch up with me in a minute. And then after about five rounds, Lemieux just gave up. And it was then really, and, and the Andy Lee fight, but mainly the Lemieux fight where I thought, do you know what, this guy can really fight. And the thing is with Billy is, what makes me laugh the most is, he don't give a monkeys. So like, even when we made the Andrade fight, he's like bowled over to Boston, like with like his one mate, he's there like on the mic. I mean, he don't, he don't care. He's not phased by anything, because he's been around a long time. And I love that as well, because you can go into the deepest of waters and you actually get the feeling that's where he wants to be rather than just in the shallow end, mucking around, flicking water. He wants to be in the deep end with the sharks. And I think that's where you'll see single the best Single swim, of single swim cool. So, debut for Matchroom, likely to be in America? Probably, yeah, end of October. I mean, really now, because this was all, well, kind of a secret, we haven't really said anything to anybody, so now my job is to go out to all the names we mentioned in the press conference and say, is there a chance of making that fight this year? The key is activity. The key is giving him a day as soon as possible, increasing his profile and making sure these mega fights will happen. Trust me in 2020, only mega fights for Billy Joe Saunders, only mega fights. If we have to have a top 15 guy end of October, early November, that's okay, but that will be the last one ever. And there'll be a job and a reason behind that, which is to give him a profile fight, get him in the swing, get him active and make sure that he's ready for all those guys. And Could it be someone like a Rosado? Well, Rosado's coming off a loss, so it's not a great bit of matchmaking from yourself. That wouldn't be allowed by the WBO, but you know, I understand you're just a reporter. So, I understand yeah. that that fight has been discussed, so don't well, say it Well, he's coming off a defeat, so it wouldn't okay. be possible for the next fight. So, okay. you know, but. Stick to your job, Kogan. We'll stick to ours, yeah? Turncoat. Do you know what I mean? Look at him sitting there shaking his camera. Look, we're not going to hit you. It's all right. Be calm. Um, for he's you... Is he, did you say he's changed since he's got... No, he's exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, go on, Ideally for you in 2020, all these fights, but if you could pick one out of all of them, the Smiths, the Eubanks, the Golovkins, Canelos. It's, it's got to be Canelo because of the reason being that Mayweather's the only man to beat him. And like I said earlier on, on the interview with Sky, being the second man behind Mayweather's not really a bad uh, status to be in boxing. So um, I know I can beat him, 
long as it's, I said to her the other day, long as it's fair, look at that fight. You know, all you hear these weight clauses and all this rubbish and, you know, I just want it to be fair. I don't want him to be three or four rounds up before we start. Level player field, I know I beat him. Are you a middleweight or a super middleweight? It all depends. I moved up to fight Ramirez because there was no one at 160 wanted to fight me. Everybody else put it to him and I was underselling myself at times to make these fight to make these fights happen. And then the Ramirez chance come up and I said, look, I'll fight him. And then when I thought I was fighting him, then he vacated. And then um, uh, Sufi stepped in and it was what it was. You know, it wasn't ideal, but you can only fight what's put in front of you. So I can't help it if I'm moving up to fight these. No, if it, if it meant me moving up to light heavy at one stage, I'd have done it to get a big fight, just to prove myself. But, you know, it seems that 160, I was just scaring them away a little bit. But I'm sure now with the zone and with this man who can talk and get these fights apparently going. Apparently the best promoter in the world, apparently. Best promoter in the world, apparently. apparently. With all due respect, I don't think that's even questionable. Answer him, Kogan. Go on. What you got to say about My opinion about that is irrelevant. Um, You've both voiced opinions in the past about difficulties working with the Eubanks. You mentioned Chris Eubank Jr. How realistic is that? Well, for my side, it's a complete and utter nightmare. And it's just a disaster. Or it could take them as a warm-up. Yeah. No, but I would, listen, I'd love to make the Eubank fight now. I'm saying they're supposed to be making a fight. They were, he was supposed to fight in September. but Was it John Ryder? Yeah, well, John Ryder's been waiting for five or six weeks. John Ryder's also Callum Smith's mandatory. So we're saying, hurry up, let us know. Like, either way, you know, you, Ryder will take that fight. I mean, Frank came on about you fighting Ryder. Mm. Ryder's a, got coming off the back of good performances. Ryder gave you a tough fight. Yeah, it was one of his yeah. toughest fights, really, at the time. WBA number one. He can fight Callum Smith, he can fight Blizzard. But Chris Eubanks Jr., if you're going to keep messing Ryder around, hurry up. But I've got a better idea. Rather than putting that fight on ITV box office and losing a load of money, Fight Billy Joe Saunders, end of October, early November. Like he says, I mean. I'd use him as a warm up, can I? And it would only be a warm up for a. Do you win that fight, fight easy? Eddie, listen, do you know if I got beat by him, now the contract I got with Jimmy, I might as well rip it up because I just walk away from boxing. He would never beat me. He's fit, he's strong, and that's it. He hasn't got a boxing brain, he's not intelligent enough to beat a boxer. Simple as that. George Groves, very good puncher. It's all, he have, it's all he's got really is a, a good jab and a stiff backhand. George Groves, very, very good fighter, by the way, what he does. But he was past it. And if Eubank can't beat the likes of him, or he beat Gal, but, you know, Gal for the first round, if he would have done the first round, now, could have done 12 rounds like that, he would have beat him. But he just didn't have it anymore, everything was gone. He partied too hard. He partied that one, one time too hard. Because I think if he, uh, if he had a little bit, if he had 5% left, he could have outboxed him. But he's openly admitted it that he didn't have it. So, um, but with you, Bank, I, I just, just would, I would just love the builder. Forget about the fight. I would just love the builder because I think, I think senior and junior. Forget the boxing side. They're still big names. I think they're great for the sport. I do, I do think that. But I would, I just want the builder. I mean, I know who wins the fight, but I want the builder. Because you around those guys, absolutely. It would be stupendous. Yeah. Do you know what it is though? It's not even though it's a build-up. But I don't look at it like that. I look at it. They're very annoying because I've signed a contract to fight twice now. Frank can vouch for that. Twice I signed to fight, and the third time they were in talks. And I said on the third time, Frank, just forget it. You know they're so it does hard get to like do. That yeah, they, they, they're so hard, and I mean annoying to work with about stupid little things about gloves about. This about that. As long as we've got a ring, we've got judges, we've got a referee, fight, no problem. You know? So it is what it is. You've also signed to fight Golovkin a couple of times in your career as well. Eddie, that's a fight that you could 
Not easy, mate, but yeah, he's I mean, under zone. I'm speaking to all these people all the time in their teams, and Billy's been mentioned for Canelo recently. I phoned him, phoned him the other day and said, Look, don't even rule that fight out for later in the year. We know that he wants to fight Kovalev, but what happens if Kovalev loses to Yard or gets injured? He's going to be looking for an opponent. And Billy was like, I'll fight, no problem, stick me in with him in November. But he wants all those fights now, so Triple G's going to fight Derevinchenko in October for the IBF middleweight world title. There's another fight, Danny Jacobs, great fight at 160 or 168. Uh, Callum Smith, you know, a natural fight. Personally, I would like to see both of those guys in a big, Billy and Callum in a big fight, and then fight each other in a monster, rather than just a big fight in the spring. Because I feel like I've got the top two 168s in the world, so... I want them to sort of have their big fights, but if Billy turns around to me and Callum turns around to me and says, no, we'll do it now, then we'll do it now. Let's do it now. Yeah. So, we well, said that, you know, now we'll sit down and, and roll. look at the money, but he wants all these fights now. Um, my job is to also guide the guys in the right direction, but once I'm told what to do, I'm doing what I'm told to do, especially if his old man tells me. He's around his sleep. Slightly aware of his old man. I'm looking for that. He's got a knuckle duster on him, isn't he? <laughs> All right, well, listen, uh, good well, luck with your venture. <coughs> and uh, Billy Joe, someone to tell you, huh? Thank you very much. Thank you very I'll much. I'll see you also there. I'll see a slight uh, bum yeah, licking from you. Hello. I don't want to see you bum lick like that, but never mind, it's all right. Um, first of all, I just want to say a big thank you to um, to my sponsors, Wild Hydrate, mybad.co.uk. My you want to get them in? Um, I'll have a chat hey, with them after. No, no, I want Jim here. This is Jim. the man off the TV. Do you remember that? What's the program called? Jim, Jim, come on, Jim. Jim. Jim, don't get embarrassed. You, you like the camera. Look, you're dressed smart. Go, listen, well, you can't you be dressed this smart. I've got a memo from you, This is you. the man. This is the man who talks to all our sponsors and goes, he's the man. He, he's the man for Tyson, isn't he? And you've got Wow Hydra over there in the corner and all. So. Where? He's not, there, he's not here. I thought he was here. My bad. He goes down to representative here of our sponsors. And do you know what? I wanted to wear that was wearing the tracksuit today, Eddie. It's got me smart dressed. So I had to go and get me granddad's suit out, you know? Charity shop. I like the shoes. And you like the shoes? I like your shoes though, Jim. Yours are nice, man. Your shoes are brilliant. I like your beard. You're just a lovely man. Do you know what? This man, do you remember the TV program? What's it called? Don't have to talk about oh, it. No, now, mate. Jim. They don't need to talk about it. What? The body goes. The body goes. And he's going on Naked Attractions. Naked Attractions? Mm -hmm. Good programme, those. <laughs> Only perverts watched that, though, didn't they? I haven't seen it, I've heard about it. I've watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it all the time. All right. Bill, <laughs> I think we, you've got to go. Thank you very much for talking to IFL Thank TV. You very much. And we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.